When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. So, big build-up this week, as we know, and uh, there's always so many stories and, and, and so many angles and avenues of which we could look through and lenses that we could gaze on uh, to get ourselves ready for what's a really exciting day coming this Saturday. But um, I was really keen to get this man on. And um, when you're described by one of the greats uh, of the game and the Melbourne Footy Club as an ornament to the game and to the club itself, which is how Jim Steins uh, described our next guest. Jeff White was taken by Fremantle with pick one uh, right back in uh, 1994. And he played three years with Freo before being traded to Melbourne where he played for 10 years and um, was an All-Australian there. He was the best and fairest winner there in 2004, but uh, he was also part of that Melbourne team that last played in a grand final, and that was back in 2000, and he's been good enough to jump on the phone with us. Uh, Jeff, hello to you, mate. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Uh, Very well, thanks. And uh, where do we find you? Uh, How's the weather up in Queensland? Uh, Well, you're probably familiar with Queensland, but... Very nice today. A bit windy, but uh, yeah, it's very nice. Uh, the weather's been good at the moment, so I think we're sitting at probably 20, 22 degrees. So a bit chilly, but it's, uh, it's really nice. I just was thinking before when was the last time I chatted to you, and we used to briefly just pass each other in the hallways of either the Gabba or Metricon uh, when, when I was up there and, and you were up there, and I still are, uh, you doing the games for ABC and me with the M's. But it's been, so it's been a while, but I'm really glad to have been able to get you on. Um as a former D's man, and as I said, someone who's been described as an ornament to the club, how have you found this year, um, and how have you seen the Demons being back where you've always hoped they would be in uh, finals contention and, and minor premiers? Oh, it's been it's been amazing. It's uh, just just the way they've been able to uh, execute the skill level. The defensive structure has been amazing to watch, and below their knees and stuff like that. I mean, you you look at the side that they had last year, and they just missed out on playing the finals by percentage. Pretty much the same, the same, same side, and um, they've just been able to have that ability to win the win the contested footy, win the outside footy, but also defend really well. So uh, it's been a pleasure to watch, and I and there has been a lot of people talking about the fact that it's probably the best thing inside they've ever seen. I think Gary Lyon mentioned that the other week, and I I, I concur with that a hundred percent. They really have just a, a well balanced side, and um, I'm just so looking forward to seeing what, how that goes, how they go on Saturday. I'm very excited, nervous as well. I think uh, the Bulldogs are a quality side, so uh, really looking forward to it. So when you look at this team, and you mentioned it's the same side as last year, it's um, obviously there's been a few changes since the 2018 team, but it wasn't obviously that long ago. Can you? We, we've heard a lot from Simon Goodwin. Um, and mainly the midfield group, which was always the area of criticism for the D's. One, can they kick an, a winning score? Do they have a functioning forward line? But two, do they have an on-ball brigade that works hard enough for each other? Um, and and can they resist the urge to be moths to a flame? 
we've heard a lot about you know heart-to-heart chats that Simon Goodwin's had to have with those key stakeholders in the midfield, um, and and you can see the. You can see that bearing fruit, and they're fitter than they've ever been, um, and, and they seem to be more selfless than they've ever been. Are those the areas that you look at and think, that's where I can see the biggest improvement? Or is there another area that you look at and think, that's the difference right there? Well, I think it, you know, it's like with it, you know, when, when throughout the game, you, it goes ebbs and flows. You might be, you know, your forwards might be putting a lot of pressure on, so that sort of gives a little bit of a leap to the backs, or you know, the mids are not doing their role and the backs have to chip in. So it's a bit of a balancing act. But when you speak of the midfield, I think the balance that they have, and I think if you were to ask Max Gorn, what's, you know, the predictability of you hitting your hit zones in, in the middle, he would say it's because I have the same the same uh, guys under his feet. And I know when, you know, we had really good years uh, and from a personal perspective when I was in the centre, if I had Adam Muse, Shane Woden or... Stephen Powell, Guy Rigoni, I had the same guys all the time. So it become very predictable for one another. And that's where they're at right now. Um, they, they've been very fortunate with injuries throughout the whole year, which is the key. Um, and you have to have a little bit of luck there, but also the ability to run out games. Uh, they're just, um, you know, you look at the fitness level of the, of the side. I think their last quarters have been outstanding all year um, and the games that they've lost they've only lost by I think the biggest margin they've lost by is probably 20 points to the Bulldogs which is near the end of the year so um, they're just fit um, they're strong they're clean with their hands but and they're clean below their knees and um, they're just playing a quality of, of footy that is not only finals footy but it's also you know um, that's why they're, they're the minor premiers so uh, it's a good balance that they have across the whole entire field and that's why I, I keep saying it's the best Melbourne side I've ever seen it's their second finals appearance in four years. That's starting to get back to uh, a little bit of consistency, which you were able to enjoy during your career. I think um, six finals appearances from about 98 to 2006 um, in your time at the club. And 2006, obviously, was the last time that they'd been in finals before 2018. Um, when you look back on your time uh, with the Melbourne Footy Club and being able to play in finals pretty regularly uh, under Neil Danaher, it's it it's a fair it's a, it's long enough ago for it obviously to stand out. But what was it about the sides that you were in and under the coaching of Neil Danaher? Do you think that were, that enabled you guys to to at least be competitive year in year out? Oh, I think uh, I think there's a, a, a blend of you know um, the different style of players that came through. Um, you know, and it sort of ebbs and flows. I, I know when. You know, 98 was a really good opportunity for us. We ended up making the prelim and um, felt that we, that was a year for us. We, we we had some great players that were been in, injured for quite some time, were healthy and fit. You know, you named Gary Lyon. Jim Stones is still running around, of course. But Todd Viney had an outstanding year. I think he won the best and fairest that year. So we had a really good mix. But um, what Neil's game style was, was like was to, you know, come to the corridor, which he was famous for, and... Um, so there were times where we had sides that were actually reading us pretty well. So you had to adapt, you had to change the style. And I felt that throughout that course, um, you know, 98, uh, 2000, 02, and then it was 04, 05 and 06 we were in the finals. Every year we changed. We had to adapt. And all the players adapted and the game style adapted. So, um, And there wouldn't be an AFL side that wouldn't have to do that each year, year in, year out, year out because... You know, if you have a good year, you're going to be hunted the next year. So uh, I think we're able to do that. And it just comes from the, the motivation of Neil. Um, 
he was able to, you know, inspire his troops, inspire the assistant coaches, inspire everyone involved in the club, not only the footy players in the footy department, but also, you know, um, you know the head head office. So, uh, yeah, look, no stone unturned. We we gave it our best shot, and unfortunately, went went able to get the the Premiership Cup in the end. But um, look, we were able to adapt and able to, you know, put the right pieces in place to give us an opportunity to to contend. Speaking to Jeff White on the Sporting Capital, uh, former Demon. Jeff, let's talk 2000. Not an easy one, I know, but a phenomenal year. It almost seemed to catch a lot of people by surprise for, for you guys, even though, as you say, you'd, you'd made a prelim in, in 1998. But what what was it about that 2000 team that just seemed to click? Uh, you got a Brownlow medalist in Shane Y. Woden. Um, you, you get through uh, your prelim and uh, you finished, I think, third or fourth that year. Um, and you've got to come up against a team that's only lost one game for the year, which we'll get to in a moment. But what about that 2000 side? What was special about it? Oh, look, I think it was just, like I was saying before, we just had a blend of youth come through and changing of the guard. I think at the end of 99, there was um, a lot of ex- a lot of AFL experience that, that retired. So we just had a really good mix of young kids come through and we had a, a really good mix of, um, you know, that sort of, 23, 24 had enough experience behind the under their belt to be able to um, be fit and ready and in the prime of their life, so a prime of their footy. So, uh, yeah, look, it was a special. I think middle of that year, and we've done a few media things over the last couple of weeks, and um, you know, people talk about the 2000 because it's obviously the last time we're in the in the grand final. But uh, you know, that brings us back to the middle of the year where we got beaten by Carlton at the MCG by 95 points, and. Um, I think that was a big shock to the system. I think that was something that uh, we took a lot away from that, uh, and we just uh, were able to come together as a team and go, "Hey, that's that's not that's not what we stand for. That's not the side that we are." And we, and we proved early in the year that we we had been able to be competitive. I mean, I think we only lost to Essendon by three goals, so we knew we were there. Um, and I think that was a shot in the system for us. And then we went on, and I think we won nine straight, on eight or nine straight for the rest of the year to make the uh, to make the grand final so and that was including coming up against Carlton in the first final so yeah I think we just were able to blend we had some uh, some super talent come through I think you know that was Brad Green's first year uh, Cameron Bruce's first year uh, so it was uh, it was certainly very exciting and and one I'll never forget even though we the result didn't go our way it was still such a special season what stands out to you about grand final though obviously for you guys the, the first grand final appearance since um, 88, which was also a, a you know a bit of a dark day for the club um, in terms of the result and the margin. What what do you remember most? You got I remember you guys getting the first point through David Neitz, and then after that it just seemed to be <laughs> yeah, all, <laughs> that you know shut the door, both, shut the gate. Both, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What it what was. stands out for you? Um. Yeah. Look, I I've only seen. The only highlight I've seen of the game is the first centre bounce, and that's where I punched it to centre forward. So that's the only footage I've seen. <laughs> Have you never game. watched it again? Um, I've never watched it again. No. Wow. No. Um, and it's uh, it's actually I've watched I've seen probably uh, I've look I've seen probably parts, but that's from my fourteen year old son having a look at it and then showing me. But uh, I've only seen the first centre bounce. But the memory I the memory I take, and I think it's it's. Uh, Look, the whole experience, I was living with David Neitz and Jeff Farmer, so the whole experience mm. the whole week for us was, was certainly magical. You go to training, there's a big crowd, didn't matter where you went in the street, there was cameras, all that sort of stuff. But back in those days, the MCG, you had to park outside where the grass area was, uh, just above where the Hilton is. 
And I remember getting out of the car and lo and behold, the first people I run into is my brothers um, and, and my mum and dad. And they were, my mum and dad were literally crying and I hadn't even walked in the G yet. But I, I think that that really special uh, thing for me as, as, you know, just I could see how proud they were to see that, you know, I was about to walk onto the stadium in front of 100,000 people. So that was really, uh, you know, a really special moment for, for me and my family. And, um, you know, one that I'll treasure for the, obviously treasure for the rest of my life. And, and to be honest, like it was, it was great. It was a wonderful experience um, for me and the team. But uh, at what I'm experiencing right now with my kids, it, it just really uh, highlights what the fans go through when they're with, you know, I've, I've spoken to so many um, parents and, you know, such loyal Melbourne fans over the last couple of weeks. And, and, and then just having that feeling of experience with their, with their siblings, with their brothers, with their, the whole family. I spoke to a guy the other day who's, who's in Adelaide and he's going over with his father. His father's been a member for, I don't know, 45 years. So just amazing. Just it's such a wonderful feeling at the moment. And hopefully uh, that feeling's still there <laughs> come, come 9.30 on Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, it, it really is a special time. And, and, you, and you, you, you go back to 88. We got belted. We got belted in 2000. So hopefully uh, it's our time now. Speaking of Jeff White on the Sporting Capital. So, Jeff, I do want to talk about the feeling and the build-up to this. But I was, I'm was always curious, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I don't know if it's much different for anyone who's played in a, a losing grand final, which I have in country footy. Um, to Obviously, and I before I get bombarded on the text, I know there's a, a, quite a difference <laughs> from country footy to <laughs> AFL. Yeah. But, but I, I remember those moments and, 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 and what it was like out on the field. I'm just assuming that magnify it by a million. What what does it feel like out on the field when you just know that the game is 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 beyond you? What 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 are you saying to each other? What are you? What's going through your mind? Yeah, yeah well, it's a, well, it's actually a good question because I don't think I think you I think you know, but you don't actually you you still you're still in the moment. You still you're still competing. You're still mm. um, you know you're trying to win the footy. You're trying to you know, put a score on the board, obviously. Uh, but I think that the memory I take from, from you know, the loss, uh, it was a, it was a bit fresh. I remember after the game was a bit fresh. We we stayed on the ground to watch uh, the presentation and stuff like that. And I was sitting on the esky, and um, Adam Muse came over with a big blanket and sat next to me. There's a photo actually on Google with him <laughs> and I, and we we were looking at the at the cup being raised, and it was uh, I mean the hardest part swallow is that you go through the whole season training um, you go through the ups and downs you you put your body on the line all the mental side of things that go with it and then literally 20 meters away from the from that trophy and I think that was um, the, the sort of a real somber moment for both of us um, you know obviously other, other players as well and you've seen that over time you've seen players that have been sitting there on the losing side, you know, crying because it is. It's, you put all effort, your whole entire effort, you know, you, you do it. It's a massive sacrifice that a lot of AFL players, that all the AFL players put into that one one chance to hold that cup. So uh, that's my memory. It was, it was a bit chilly, so I'm glad I got a blanket from Moose. That's nice. Um, but, you know, to look to look at 20 metres away and James Hurd and Kevin Cheney holding the premiership up, which, you know, um, it was pretty pretty hard to swallow. I'd imagine it feels like the longest and the, the greatest 20 metres in distance, metaphorically, that you oh, could yeah. ever imagine. Yeah. But So, Jeff, 57 years, 
since um, obviously 1964, and pretty much since Norm Smith was sacked in 1965. And I and I don't buy into well, they had a great run in the 50s and 60s because that's a lifetime ago. So to be a Melbourne fan for the last 57 years is to know pain and it's to know heartache. And if it's not almost merging in 96, it's you know it's the death of icons at the club as well in 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 Jim Steins and Robbie Flair and what happened to your old teammate in Troy Broadbridge. And you know there has been sadness and there's but you know we've got Neil in the fight that he's in at the moment uh, as well. Yeah. There's a lot of heartbreak and heartache that has gone on for the Melbourne Footy Club. Some of it self-inflicted from a performance point of view, but there's been a whole lot of other things going on um, as a Melbourne fan. Do you think about those things in the build-up to a day like uh, this Saturday? Oh, you, you, look, you couldn't, have painted it. you couldn't have painted the picture any perfect. I think that's exactly right. I think, um, you, know, you think over the last 10 years, we've only played... In 2006, when I was playing, we've only played have one finals appearance. Mm. Um, there is there is a lot of a lot of heartache, and I, I think it, the way that the the team and the ethos of the team, the way they've committed themselves this year, and and it's not only you know I've had a little bit to do with the social media team as well. Not only off not only on the field, but their off field professionalism. Um, you know the way they've been able to attend to you know just little requests and and, and being so professional about it. It's been an amazing year, and it's something that, yeah, lifting that cup will just, um, you know, I guess um, have a little bit of closure to all that because, you know, you think about Sean White as well. and Yeah, um, sorry, you know, the list goes on. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and the list goes on. But, um, look, it's, it, it, you know, you think about it. Uh, I know that a lot of fans are thinking about, you know, that opportunity for Max Gorn and Simon Goodwin to lift that cup will just will bring a lot of tears to a lot of people. I know it brings tears to me. Uh, and I was a Saints supporter growing up, so never saw a flag. Played for Fremantle for three years, only a short stint, and then played for Melbourne and never seen a flag. So I'm in a position where it's not only going to mean a hell of a lot for me, but I'm going to see my, potentially could see my first premiership. So um, there's a lot of emotion that are going, and it's speaking to a lot of former players um, and fans. Uh, they've certainly been riding the, this amazing wave all year, and Hopefully that um, is, you know, is, uh, is is the positive that we want, and we're so hoping that happens on Saturday night. When you're speaking to the other players, Jeff, what, what's the sentiment? Is it very similar to what you've expressed to us there between you, you, you know, your former teammates? Yeah, I had a good chat to Robbo last, uh, Russell Robinson last night actually, and um, yeah, the the sentiment across, you know, the. The language that we're using, the the, the excitement, um, it's just it's all the same. It's all the same about how uh, the club has held them held themselves this year, on and off the field. And and, and, and we we stand we, we stand. We've we've worn the Melbourne jumper, um, red and blue, and obviously the fans have been there. But from a from a player's point of view, we've we've added a little bit of history to the to the red and blue, and that's why we are so proud to be able to to say that. You know, we're a part of that, and I feel that that's what um, you know. The player, any player that goes on to the footy field and wears the red and blue, um, is a part of the the history of the Melbourne Football Club. So we couldn't be proud of the boys and just the way they've gone about things this year. Uh, Jeff, I'll, I'll let you go in just a moment, but um, on Thursday we're going to um, ha- have a chat to Simon Madden, who in 1985 was a Norm Smith medalist, the only ruckman to ever. Claim that award. Now, you finished up in 08, and you were ahead of your time. You were one of the preeminent ruckmen of your generation. And a couple of years later, 
Uh, a young bearded, well, I don't know if he had the beard, and he didn't have the beard when he first rocked up, I don't think, but an interesting unit by the name of Max Gorn arrives, and I don't know how much you've had to do with Max, but has there, firstly, what have you had to do with Max over the journey, and have we ever seen a better placed person to claim the second Norm Smith for a ruckman? Yeah, well, he's, he's, certainly, uh, he's certainly got a wonderful opportunity to do that, particularly off his, uh, I think, arguably the best um, ruck, finals performance I've ever seen uh, in the prelim against Geelong but with with Max um, yeah I've met him a few times uh, when I've gone down to watch some games and when he's come up here but the thing I really tip my hat to, to Max and it's been a few times I've spoken to him on radio is that he just credits his success to the to the, the ruck tree he calls it the ruck tree at the Melbourne Footy Club and, and that started with Jim Steins and they hand over to me then my hand over to to Mark Jamar, then Mark Jamar's handover to, to Max Gorn. So he's always expressed his um, excitement and his gratitude to the fact that he's taken a piece. What he's learned from Mark Jamar, Mark Jamar learned from me and what I learned, uh, and then what I passed on to Mark Jamar, I learned from Jim Stein. So uh, it's really cool when, he, when, when we've spoken about that. And um, I just wish him all the best. I think he's... I think we've got a wonderful opportunity uh, and a big advantage in the ruck. I know Steph, no disrespect to Steph Martin, uh, but I feel that that's one one area we've got to take full advantage of, and uh, and particularly the the form that he's in, and and both those two, Steph Martin and Max Gorn, were, were once teammates at Melbourne Footy Club, so they know each other. So it's going to be a fierce fierce rivalry, but uh, uh, it's one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, being a little bit biased as a ruckman, but I'm really looking forward to that contest. Well, that's that's the definition of legacy right there. Oh, I think that's that'll get the hairs on the back of Melbourne fans next, just tingling um, that idea of the legacy of Jim Steins to yourself, to Mark, and, and then to Max, and what that might mean if he can lift that trophy with Simon Goodwin on, on Saturday and break that, that drought uh, 57 years. And, um, yeah, what a moment it would be. Mate, enjoy it um, as best you can. Uh, thank you so much for going down memory lane with us and, and, and t- giving us an insight on what it means to former players of the red and the blue to witness what they are and what they hopefully will on Saturday. We really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. No, 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 no dramas. And, uh, yeah, go the Ds. Let's go. <laughs> Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.